and I'm giving you a very brief intro and this time I mean it because I'm not going to over advertise the fuck out of this episode uh, just want to tell you if you go to alexcast.com Alex is always spelled with two X's uh, you can get all sorts of information on the show the guests I had on any kind of shit I talked about during the course of the show and that kind of thing uh, as far as money making expenditures are concerned you'll find a link on there it says books coincidentally enough those are the two books I've written one is called Periphery the other is The Void Sutras enjoy click them please purchase them if you like what you hear on the show the books don't really have much to do with it they're kind of existential weirdness and the novel is filled with psychedelia and there's a tree that eats people it's wonderful uh the other thing is you'll find an amazon link and if you find yourself uh wanted to purchase something on amazon please click on the amazon link before you go to amazon and uh, i'll get a small purchase small purchase that doesn't make any fucking sense i'll get a small percentage of your purchase because that's how english works a small percentage of your purchase and you don't got to pay a goddamn red cent extra and yeah, that's about it. So cool. Uh, thank you for uh, joining me. And I hope very much that I see you again next week. I'm available on iTunes and Stitcher. And... Hey, guys, it's me, Alex. See, you know, it's the show now because I said, hey, guys. And because I say it that way, here's a little trick for you to know, Rachel, is I can see the little oscilloscope. And I know where the spike is on hay by looking at it. So I can just cut everything before that off without actually having to listen to my eighth grade lesbian voice. <laughs> i've decided Everyone that yeah huh? i've decided that's my uh my perfect voice description is i sound like an eighth grade lesbian um i'm not sure what it means but i just said it the other night when i was drunk and i felt like oh that was perfect that is what forever i shall refer to my voice as you know it's funny because i i'm not sure what that sounds like either but i'm comfortable uh with thinking of you that way yeah well i mean i think it's a kind of combination of like I'm just kind of coming into my femininity, you know, and, you know, I'm going through some body changes and I just think, you know, it somehow makes sense. Yeah, just going through some body changes. They're perfectly natural. Yes. Well, if, assuming you live in America and live, you know, mostly on genetically modified foods and have a drinking problem. Yes. My expansion <laughs> into a much larger body. Perfectly natural. <laughs> yeah. The average uh, mid-pubescent uh, eighth grade lesbian uh does have a drinking problem from what I understand. Well, that part doesn't really carry over. I was more thinking the it breast, might. I was thinking breast size and voice is really the two. And really, honestly, the lesbian part doesn't really have anything to do with the voice tonality. It just, it sounds better than eighth grade girl. Cause for some reason that sounds like I'm being like misogynistic, but eighth grade lesbian mm. sounds like it's that extra level of this is so stupid that it's understood that obviously I don't mean anything by it aside from, you know, self mockery. I like to believe that that's true. I'm going to, yeah, because, well, because I pick that up, and I like to believe that other people uh, pick that up also, but then maybe there are some people out there being like, he hates eighth grade lesbians. Yeah, I guarantee you there are people thinking that, or that I hate women, because um, people do, either don't have a sense of humor or get really confused that 
sometimes people that are good with words are allowed to use them in ways that are not 100% directly exactly what you're saying, um, which I believe I'm allowed to go into that group, but that is not often uh, picked up upon. Yeah, well, I think that the problem is that everybody thinks that they're in that group of being, uh, I guess, uh, the the verbally elite. Um, and, and part of it, I think, is, is coming from the Northeast and having a really dry sense of humor. Um, and also, from, from as far as I can tell, being, uh, for some reason, highly educated in linguistics, that seems to be a big thing in the in the Northeast, in the New York area and whatnot. So I think that uh, uh, it's a common trend. Yeah. I just, I just wish it wouldn't happen. I have this friend that I'm not, that I'm going to, I'm going to leave nameless, but um, we are, we often find ourselves uh, at, at loggerheads about uh, feminist uh, issues. Not so much feminist issues, but the, like the, the men are horrible stuff. And uh, a lot of that goes to like this language use thing. And anytime I get in the argument, it's like one of these deals of like, but you know me. Like, we've been friends for a really long time. Like, you know I don't think lowly of you because of your, you know, double X chromosome workout. Like, this is it, this is a weird thing. And it's like, because words are, somehow carry this extra meaning, which is odd coming from me being a writer, but like, this strict, like, Nazi, like, that's what that word means, therefore it's offensive kind of mentality. It's very weird. Yeah, you know, I think that I think that there are a lot of factors that play into it. I mean, different people have different triggers, of course, and some people are always going to get triggered by certain things. Um, Rachel, but could you I, could you please call it the T word? The T word, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't like trigger. Bad thing. See what <laughs> I did there? People, it's like a little fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was talking to a, um, a woman uh, a little younger than myself about two weeks ago and she was talking about this friend of hers that's really um, been upsetting her lately because he always refers to her as like titties or, or big tits or something like that and she was like you know if he called me that you know once in a while then maybe I wouldn't uh, like mind it so much but he calls me that every day to the point that I think he actually thinks it and it's not an endearing term uh, so I, I don't know different people have their different uh, thresholds and uh, well that's an interesting one no he's calling her like he's using a nickname like hey big tits like that's or is he just pointing yeah. out the size of oh, okay yeah no that's that's just I'll, I'll go I'll go so far as to say that's someone that's not really thinking too deeply about the language they use yeah, which offensively reductionist yeah that's a little uh yeah that that is what i'm kind of referencing but i think that's that kind of that's exactly where the point moves from my point of you don't have to take everything too literally to that's where it's like ew really like um yeah that's too far dude stop like the oh this is great because i was i was referenced this before we started recording but uh i was saying to you that i was talking to one of my friends about how shitty her male friends are and how it's actually kind of making me feel a little bit better because i didn't realize these men actually existed but i had no idea that the phrase gonna get some pussy wasn't like just a joke like i didn't i've (laughs) only i've literally only used that ironically in like well that's the way shitheads on tv say things I had no, like, that's like a real thing that happens. Like men, like don't think of women in, in like legs and arms and all the other it's let's go get some pussy. And it's like, I never, honestly never occurred to me. I just thought that was, it's so incredibly shitty. I just assumed that was like a TV thing. Like that's what, you know, that's what the, that's what the guy that yelled nerds and beat up somebody would say, you know? 
Yeah, well, it's wonderful to hear you say that because I think that uh, when you're surrounded most of the time by people who don't think that way, um, it's it's really easy to forget that there are still like there's still a huge huge number of people who don't. Uh, I guess whether I'm going to use women as the example here, like don't think of women as people or don't think of, uh, I don't know, think of other people as others, in fact, um, and as lesser than uh, in this way of like, yeah, I'm going to go get some pussy. Like, and I'll say things like that to my friends in a way that I just think it's hilarious if I say it. But also then there's this uh, flip side to it where people actually say that and mean it. And, uh, also, there are points at which some people think that I mean the things that I say also, and I think, I mean, I'm, I'm clearly being tongue-in-cheek here, and they have no idea. Yeah, that that's where my concern lies. Not so much with the, like, I mean, I understood the, the male predatory instinct. I don't mean predatory in, like, a rapey way. I mean in the, um, you know... <laughs> Like in the go to a club and and whatever 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 it is the kids do you know the 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 pitching woo I I get that the, that aspect of it and I get you know guys will have the tendency towards thinking women less than but I didn't I mean I guess I just didn't realize the the how deep that less than goes like I just thought it was like I thought shitty guys thought it was like sixty forty like I thought that was the shitty level I didn't realize it was like one hundred and then pussy like i didn't realize it's like i i, I just it, never, it honestly didn't occur to me. i just yeah so but it, i'm very concerned that a lot of things i've said i mean it have been i've said with the basis of like everybody understands that there's no guys that are that horrible well not no guys but you know what i'm saying it's, it's statistically insignificant number yeah uh, yeah that's the guy in the room that everybody else is like oh my god what an asshole i can't believe he said that but actually it's a surprising number of the dudes in the room. I had, yeah, and it is, yeah, it's, it's kind of blowing my hair back. Like, I mean, I understand, I understood it. I just didn't understand the depth of it. And, uh, yeah, that's, but this, this goes to a conversation I was having, um, with someone the other day is why, why do women fuck them? What, how does that happen? No, I mean, I know the answer. So I'm being, I just, I just, it just, I'm, it's an entire different world that I just didn't know about. Cause I mean, if they, if they acting like that has to work. I yeah. Mean, well, that's what blows my mind. One of my really close friends, I remember a couple of years ago, she, um, she hadn't met this guy online and they went on a date and, uh, he was just like this big meathead. And, um, after their date, or I guess towards the end of their date, they were sitting in the car. Like somehow they ended up making out and he like, like grabbed her hand and put it on his bulging member and was like, I'm hard. She was like, uh, all right. Um, and you know, after that I was like, you need to just avoid this dude who like, he was like a phobic of everything, like her petting her dog and then like touching him in any way was like horrifying to him. And, and, uh, yeah, I talked to her like a week or two later, and she's like, I hung out with that guy again, and we had sex. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> Why yeah. would you do that? That person was terrible. Everything that you said about that guy was terrible. He actually grabbed your hand and put it on his dick and told you, I'm hard. 
like congratulations dude <laughs> I, way to go you I, did it yeah i this is this is exactly what i'm i don't I, i'm lost i'm in the fucking woods here like i my entire self-esteem like is i've i have based an entire lifetime of hatred of myself on really faulty premises like this is this is eye-opening like there's um uh, Jay Moore, the comedian, uh, does a little bit where essentially he's talking about being, the same situation, being in a car and, you know, uh, uh, you know, making out with someone. And his his thing was he pulls his 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 turgid member out and, and goes, well, what are we going to do about this? It's kind of a funny, you know, like awkward. <laughs> yeah, it's like an amusing thing. But now I'm like, oh, my God, that's like a thing that happens. Like, yeah, th- that's the, yeah that's a th- it's actually a real thing. But, 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 but probably. But a thing that works. But a, a thing that works, that's that's impossible that that works and and some i mean it, it has to because it wouldn't it wouldn't be a behavior of people if it didn't you know it'd be it's it's like if if a bird stops dancing as well it doesn't get to mate with the other bird and that bird species you know goes away so if this is behavior that works it's it, it i'm evolutionarily i'm shocked shocked yeah well What's funny about it is I wonder if it's a, a thing that didn't work for a long time and then uh, made its way back around somehow from a prehistoric era, hmm. if that makes sense. I don't know. I, I wonder about that sort of thing. I mean, because because when there are people who can do a better job of convincing you, how how is that – how does that work is my question. It's the same thing actually, um, you know, not a not a blast on anybody who wears their pants low, you know, do your thing. But um like when people wear their pants really, really low, like almost down to their knees, um I think about it in like this evolutionist standpoint and I think, okay, so like purely on a carnal, like very base level, um we are we are programmed to be attracted to people that um, we could survive with through a really harsh winter or um, who could help us slay a fucking leopard uh, and eat it. And then you have somebody walking down the street who actually is holding their pants up by the belt. And, and, the thought that goes through my head is like, holy shit, you can't even put your fucking pants on. You can't slay a leopard. Yeah. You're... So- someone has sex with you, and you you actually might be, um, I don't know, mentally deficient somehow. Yeah, it's really, yeah, that's a really interesting point. I think the same thing with very tight jeans, where I understand the point of showing things off, but it looks unhealthy. Like, it looks like you're strangling the parts that are supposed to be in use. Like, this entire courtship display is based around insemination. So if it looks like you're strangling your cock and balls to show them off, it seems like a self-defeatist attitude. Like, that's why the cleavage is the perfect, you know, secondary sex characteristic. Because you get, like, a, you get like a nice breath of fresh air. They look like they're healthy. Like, it makes sense. It's like, man, those things could feed a baby. Like, completely straightforward. But, you know, guys in tight jeans, it's like, oh, those look like there might be a sperm left. You mean you don't get into that sort of thing when you see a guy's dick bulging out of his skinny jeans? I, I no, I mean I think it looks delicious, but I, I just think <laughs> as far as like an evolutionary, you know, the guys with the drop down jeans is, um, I, I mean I, I, I don't get it in a, I don't get any fashion, so I should just stop right there. But I'm, 
I, I can't stress this enough. I'm so ridiculously pacifist. Like, I never want to punch anybody. I don't like, I don't even particularly like getting mad all that much. Like, much like the way that I thought guys that said they want to get pussy, I didn't realize what anger was like until I saw like really angry guys. I'm like, oh man, I never get like that. So with that in mind, when I see people walking with pants like that, all I want to do is stomp the back of the pants. Like when you're walking up behind and just step on the middle and just watch them fall. Cause it's just like, you like, I have like, I think my, I think my, my cheetah instinct comes out of like, oh, you're prey. Like, I mean, I just, all I see is the, the availability of completely fucking that dude up with, with alacrity and with no hope of him ever getting a punch in on me. It's, it's like, oh yeah, it's very, um. It's not tempting at all. It's just the it's just the the random thought that goes through your head. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, that person's already putting so much effort into holding their pants up when pants are supposed to be a sort of thing that takes care of themselves. You know. Um, yeah, you you could definitely get away with knocking that person down and then not getting a punch in because they're still just trying to keep the pants on. Yeah. When I'm knocking down, my, my thing is you literally step on the top of the pants. So they drop, yeah. but while they're, but since it's from behind, they're still walking. So they're going to fall and then, you know, and then you can do whatever. But, uh, uh, by do whatever, I mean, you know, like a punching thing, not, not a, cause I just realized in my mind, like, that's a very, that's a very like, um, well, I could, uh, uh, I could, I could top him, but, uh, no, I, 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 you know, knock him down, pull his pants down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like a like a regular guy's got you knock him down, fuck him up his ass, you know, because you know whatever it's there, showing it off. <laughs> I don't know what accent that was, but I liked it. <laughs> I don't know. I do that accent a lot, also. I think what it is is actually the people from New Jersey doing the New Jersey accent that people from not New Jersey do. Yeah, actually, because I think right. I think that guy would say Joyzy. Which, you know, it's one of those things that, that nobody from New Jersey has ever said Joyzy, except for when they're doing the weird accent that people from not Jersey do, trying to be from Jersey. Yeah, do people did people in Portland uh, still do that to you a lot? Like, did, when you meet people and, and they find out that you were once from New Jersey, are they still like, how come you don't have an accent? I have, uh, I've gotten that before, but for the most part, it's not something that comes up, like, immediately. So, uh, it's... Uh, mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, I have gotten that a few times, but yeah, mostly it's, well, you don't sound like you're from New Jersey, um, which I'm fine with, you know, I'm, I've, New Jersey was a fine enough place to ha- grow up. Um, you know, no regrets. I mean, a lot of regrets, but like, you know, it's where my parents fucked. So there's nothing I could do about it, but I'm sure it's better than like Nebraska or something, you know? Yeah, right. Sure. I mean, no offense to Nebraska. I was just picking someplace that doesn't have like a big city next to it and an ocean, you know? <laughs> Yeah, lots of people's parents were fucking in New Jersey. Yeah, so you know that's yeah that's you know that's that's fine. But yeah, people would say that. But um, yeah, I people tend to not guess me from New Jersey, so they think I'm fucking with them because I often just make up life stories for myself that don't have anything. Like for a while, I you know from where you are, I used to say I was from Nolens and say that word really obnoxiously horrible with like no hope of ever sending like a local kind of accent. Uh, and they just make up the story about I grew up in, you know, Nolens and then I moved to, you know, somewhere else, somewhere else. And just because I'm a jerk and I just, you know, I didn't feel like having a real conversation. And it's fun to kind of plant the seeds because eventually a few years down the line, somebody will reference one of your various life stories that I've made up. And I can look at them blankly and be like, the fuck are you talking about? I was never on a carnival. What the, what the, hell, are you, what the hell can I die? You're thinking about somebody else, man. <laughs> yeah, I... uh turns out i also do that uh, make up 
stories. Uh, I like making up stories about like the origins of certain things, and then just walking away things that are completely you know innocuous that probably won't ever come up again, and that person will never actually find out the truth unless they put in the effort. Yeah. But. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do like hearing that sort of thing referenced. I, I really, really love hearing stupid things that I tell people get repeated. Yeah, that's a favorite of mine, too. That that's yeah. how it starts. Yeah. That's how it all starts. Yeah, and I, I actually do. It's one of the things that I do make an effort to not, um, kind of the Spider-Man that's thing up. With great power comes great responsibility. I realize that people really believe me when I talk about words, which... Makes sense. Like, I'm pretty good with words, and I know a bunch of them. So, like, people will just kind of defer to my expertise a lot. And, of course, I've utilized that for evil many times, where I will just make up a... Uh, I'll make up phrases in another language that aren't those phrases, you know, just fake Latin. And I'm like, oh, there's a good Latin phrase for that, and just make something up. Or uh, derivations, where I'll just make up, like, oh, that comes from this. And just... There's no joke. It's just I find it funny to put shitty information into the universe and just let it sit there. There's no payoff. Like... It's never going to come back, but except for in my head, I'm like, yeah, that's amusing because no one's yeah. going to question me. I, you know, that guy wrote a book. Of course he knows about that word. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you're pretty much an expert at words now. You've put a number of them onto many, many pages. I read the pages. They're nice. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, they're made of uh, dead trees. Yeah. Or, or uh, tree creatures, as it were. Oh, that's true. Oh, look at you. Wow. Oh, man. I didn't realize that. Periphery is actually a, is, is, is a self-created cannibalistic book. I'm going to put that in my yep. Amazon review. Um, <laughs> no, I'm going to do it first. All right, please do. Um, I get extra points for every uh, Amazon review I get. Um, by points, I mean you go slightly up in the uh, ratings on Amazon. Like right now, I'm at 1.5 millionth most popular item on Amazon or something. Wow, you know, ridiculous that's like that. not bad. Uh, it's pretty bad. Um, but, <laughs> well, no, I found the difference between um, something that's respectable and something that's bad is so slim. Like when I first put that book out, I was, I think like the, somewhere in like the low 20,000s. Uh, which right. if, you, if you think about the number of items on Amazon and the number of just books alone on Amazon, I'm like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. Like just the number of pens that should be more popular with me, you know, like, so I'm like 20,000 things are more popular. Fuck yeah. I'm really happy to be that. And then like, so like, then like the next month I, you know, you sell like six less and that puts you at 400,000th most, but it's like, oh fuck. And then sell like six less than that. And you're at something millionth. It's like, oh, so the difference between the 20,000th most popular item and the 2 millionth most popular item is about 14 sales. Yeah, Yeah. well, it's funny the way that works. Um, when I started an Etsy, I just posted about it on Facebook, and um, I had just a ton of views. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, I'm doing such a great job. And because I was posting it on Facebook with my friends bought an item and um and it just became like this thing for like a week where i had like a ton of views and then like the following week it just dropped down to zero one day yeah and and that's pretty much where it stayed um that's the way it works um yeah. and here's here's a, a fun thing and you can join the litany of people that blow at plugging things so wait you were saying you have an etsy store oh hmm. I, <laughs> indeed i do have an etsy store actually i was um catching up on uh, 
old podcasts the past couple of days, and I, I listened to your uh, Sean McGann episode. Uh, is that is that guy as grand in person as he sounds on the podcast? Well, I have two things there. One, you you really blow at this. Rachel Sketch, what what what's your Etsy handle? Before I answer your question, <laughs> you're terrible. It's uh it's Etsy dot com slash store slash Rachel Sketch. It's R A C H uh A S K E T C H. Beautiful. See? Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll put or a link to that. Or at least that's what Sean McGann said it was when I listened to that episode yesterday. Do you really not know what it is off the top of your head? Uh, no. Oh, I right. mean, I know, th- I know that it's Rachel Sketch, and I all know right. that it's Etsy. Well, if that doesn't work for the guys that are listening, um, go to my go to Alex Cast and look at the show notes for this page. I will put a link to it. And um, I, I will say before I answer her uh, Sean McGann question, um, you are amazing at, at, at just sketching. It's disgustingly good like i kind of hate you a little bit for it um <laughs> like you have like magical etch sketch powers to the point that i felt that when when linking to you had to like make sure to point out that i've seen you make them in person and these are not computer generated like this is some kind of witchcraft not not uh, internet fakeness yeah yeah well um it's interesting having oh it's oh it's etsy.com slash shop slash slash rachel sketch oh, pretty good um, yeah uh so anyway it's um it's for some reason uh the only skills that i have are ones that are completely useless and yeah i'm really good at etch sketch no i don't know why i'm really good at etch sketch um, but it is probably what i'm best at in the world and um, that's good because so far it has grossed me about $150 in the last year. So I'm pretty much self-sustaining now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, again, I understand that really well. Um, I spent <laughs> three years of arduous labor writing a novel that has, I think after the money I spent just on printing costs, I think I've made like eight bucks on it. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's, uh, the, uh, yeah, it's art sucks. But um, so the big bucks are starting to roll in, is what you mean? Uh, yeah, big. But I'm almost at two digits. But um, <laughs> I would say no. I've seen other people, other like etch a sketch aficionados, etch a sketch uh, artists, and you. I've never seen anybody better than you. Like maybe equals, but never better. So and I'm saying I shouldn't be saying that to you. I'm saying that to the audience that you should. I, I'm not saying you should buy something, but I'm saying you should buy something because it's yeah. No, you should buy something. It's 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 like frustratingly confoundingly amazing that like i like the violence i feel looking at it is just that shouldn't happen that's not a thing like that's not a thing that should be able to exist using two little knobby things it's it's fucking impossible (laughs) it's like trying to understand fucking m theory or or fucking quark gluons trying to figure out how that happened but well done actually actually there's something that i'll admit about uh etch sketching which is that there are people uh who do things with Etch-a-Sketch that I don't understand. And um, so here's the thing about the knobs. The knobs make sense to me. I don't know why, but the orientation of them, everything just falls into place with my brain parts. And um, and then the pictures happen. But I've tried doing them sideways, like turning them uh, so, so they're vertically oriented. Yes. And... I, I can't. I can't because I keep forgetting which direction is which, whereas I have seen people who can do phenomenal vertical edge sketch. Oh, wow. 
Well, let me it's ask you. Not, it's not as good as their horizontal stuff, but it is better than my vertical, vertical edge sketch. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, in the printing term, that's called portrait, and uh, landscape is the way it normally goes. But um, can you not in your head picture, like, let's say you want to do one, uh, you know, vertical, you know, portrait style, where, where it's, the knobs are confusing, you can't do it. Could you not in your head picture, like, let's say you were going to do the TARDIS, but, um, but you know, portrait style. Could you not just draw a TARDIS lying on its side from the way that you're comfortable? Like, could you uh, yeah, just picture? Actually, I could. I could do that. Now that you mention it, I could definitely just. I can just think about an etch a sketch lying down. Yeah, that's. A, yeah, that's. I mean, I. I don't mean to oversimplify it, but because um, I don't understand art at all. Uh, I mean, on that like creation on that level. Um, but it seems like instead of drawing the Mona Lisa, you could draw like the Mona Lisa that fell down. And if you have the ability to picture it and then do it, it's like, and then you made one that's vertical, but you didn't make one vertical. You just made a, a lying down one. Actually, what's funny is that I, I did, the what I actually had in my head was uh, this image of a Mona Lisa that another Etch-a-Sketch artist actually did when I that, was talking about it. That's why I pointed out. That's the only vertical one I've seen that was any good was a, was a Mona Lisa one. So it might be the one that I'm talking about. It's the famous one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so maybe that's actually... Uh, maybe that's the key is just picturing the Mona Lisa, but she's taking a nap. Yeah. I mean, that's to me, that makes sense. But to, also, I remember the last time I used an etch sketch and I do recall multiple times forgetting which knob did which. So I'm not like as far as a brain to do something on an etch sketch to make it look good is concerned. Mine is built exactly the wrong way uh, for that. to. It just it, it, nothing about it makes sense. Like in the slight, like literally I can understand uh, like, like quantum state and spooky action at a distance, like really complicated physics stuff. Oh, I got that. Like a mother, that's, that makes sense to me. No, like my brain explodes when like, like Tetris. No, Tetris is impossible. <laughs> like, like I know I only did it the one way you only rotate the, the, the thing one way because rotating the other way, that's way too hard to think about. It makes my brain hurt. <laughs> Turns out Alex only deals well in theoretical space. I think not so. Visual space. Yeah, I know it's true. I'm not. Uh, I'm. I'm visually like that. Like, um, I don't even know what kind of visual because I'm. I'm quite visually oriented. Like in my head, like almost like the adjective form of visual is the way I think about everything. Like I picture a lot of stuff. It's just the transition from like picture space to meat space is just I've. I've I'm lost. Like, did you say picture space to meat space? Yeah. Like in my head, like I'm picturing something and then transferring that to like meat space, like, you know, the shit with your hands and, and, you know, uh, India ink or whatever the fuck people use. Okay. I'm just picturing meat, like, like a, a vat, a glob of, of meat. No. Um, I mean, I could, I, I might be able to make something out of that. Weirdly enough, good at sculpting. Uh, not kidding. Uh, like give me like a bunch of clay. I can kind of sculpt pretty well. Well, not well, but like, like infinitely better than I can do other forms of art. Uh, it just... Because it's like, again, it's more like a, it's not the push left to make the thing go left, push right to make the thing go right. That's, that's, I know that sounds like I'm being sarcastic, but honestly, it's too confusing to me. I can't fucking, my brain doesn't do it right. Yeah, well, maybe you should um, just buy a bunch of Etch-a-Sketches and destroy them. No, I'd give them to you. I mean, why, why would I destroy them? That's stupid. Yeah, I, right. I have a friend I that's like that's really good at etch sketch I'd be like, what a shitty thing to do. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but what about what about uh, Shaq-Fu? I'm sure that I've got lots of friends that are good at Shaq-Fu, but 
that's something that uh, served better destroyed. Uh, yeah, I mean, I suppose. I mean, I, yeah, I don't have a problem destroying Shaq Fu. Um, I don't have a problem really destroying anything except for like if it's useful to people. You know, like, uh, you know, I, I come from a Buddhist background. I got no problem with destruction. It's perfect. Everything is impermanent. But, you know, if you got something impermanent that your friend could use, it'd be like, that's just like, oh, man, you're just being a jerk. Yeah, I like, guess that's right. Like, let's say you're, like, some, like, hardcore, you know, Buddhist dude, and you made, like, one of those intricate sand mandalas, but, like, your friend next door is, like, really needs some fucking sand, and you just, like, dump it down the drain, then you're a jerk. Like, yeah, I get that you're fucking, you know, pointing out impermanence, but the dude next door really needed that sand. Like, why yeah, are you being needs, a dick? He needs colored sand for um the Mawa Day festival so that his children can fill bottles with the colored sand, and... There's no other place for him to get colored sand by tomorrow. And yeah. He needs it. Or yeah, sure. I uh, just look. I'm not saying the fucking analogy was great. I just couldn't think of a better one. Um, <laughs> but uh, in that note, so you've never met Sean McGann? That's not someone you've you've come in contact with. It depends how you mean met. I, I mean, you asked me what he's like in real life. So, uh, what other form of met would you require? I just, I just want to know how you found him. Uh, I. I you mean found him in the, how did I, my description of him, or found him, like, literally, like, oh, look, I found a penny? Uh, yeah, both of those. Well, okay, well, I've known Sean for 15 years ago. Like, we've, we've known each other for a really long time. Uh, we used to hang out, I mean, I know him through Tyler, uh, and we met at diners and whatnots back in, you know, when I was, like, a fucking high schooler. So, we've been, um... Uh, on each other's periphery for quite a while. Uh, uh, Dean was very much in that group as well. Uh, not necessarily in that group with Sean, but Dean was one of those people that I'm like, I know his name and I sort of remember what his face looks like. Uh, you know, and then we'd run into each other somewhere and be like, oh, that guy, and we'll have polite conversation. But Sean was like that for a million years. And then uh, uh, I think I just figured out at some point that he liked writing. I don't know how the hell we ended up talking, but we ended up um, talking via the internet and have become uh, internet friends. Uh, since my move to Portland, and uh, he has been on the show a few times, and he has uh, he helped me out on the editing of uh, various book projects. Actually, he might even go as far back as the Void Sutras on helping me edit stuff. But um, yeah, no, I've known him for for a while. He's 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 wonderful people. But um, so yes, yeah, so, so when I when I say find, I find him delightful, and I found him in in <laughs> in uh, in a diner in in, diner. in Ridgewood, New Jersey. Yeah. Oh, was it really in Ridgewood? I think it's I don't know, wherever Matthews is. I forget most of. Oh, uh, it's in uh, it's in Waldwick, I think. Waldwick or, sounds like the name of a town. Yeah, I think that's Waldwick. I don't know. You that's literally right. you said Mawa, and I my first thought was the thing from Gremlins, because I just like my brain doesn't like put those together anymore. Uh, you know the <laughs> the, the, the town name from from Jersey. Um, yeah, so uh, wherever that was. So no, really, you've never met Sean, or have you? What 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 is this Sean thing? I think the guy's a jerk. Well, Actually, yeah. uh, Sean Sean McGann is the person who introduced me to you in theoretical space uh, long before you and I actually met. This is what I thought. So Sean is how you found the the podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was uh, working. Uh, job where I was just by myself all day and I started listening to podcasts and uh, I, I ran out of every Radio Lab episode in existence after about two days and uh, I started posting on Facebook asking what I should be listening to and Sean was one of the first people to respond and um, 
I really liked that. Uh, first off, I saw that your podcast episodes are all like an hour-ish long, and I was like, perfect. I can just listen to lots of these. But at the time, I think there were only like 10 episodes, so I ran out of them pretty quickly also. Um, but got to just keep up with it over time, which was nice. Um, but yeah, big shout out to Sean McGann. Thanks for the Alex cast. Without you, uh, this actually this would probably still be possible, but thank you. Yeah, it would be slightly less weird because actually I'd forgotten about the fact that you had listened to the show before I met you. Um, yeah, and also I knew that you were you because you spell Alex with two X's, and prior to that you were just some guy that I was meeting. And you went from some guy to a celebrity. You, like All of a sudden it was like, oh, this is my friend. How come he doesn't remember me? Because we spent a lot of hours together. Wait, when did you find out I was me? Like, was I in the room at the time? When did... Uh, yeah, actually it was, I mean, within... Within a couple of, uh, within an hour or two of meeting you, I guess. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. No, I, rem- I think I think you had referenced the show a couple of times and just referred to it as the show, and I was like, I have no idea what this guy's talking about. And then I started putting things together, saw your name was spelled with two X's, saw some recording equipment, and was like, wait a minute, I'm pretty sure that this is um, the, the person with whom I spend all of my time. <laughs> oh, that's wild. Yeah, because I do remember you mentioning it when you were out here, and I just assumed you knew the whole time, like, not that it's like some big secret, but uh, well done not doing the, oh my god, that's you, because that's always what I do when I put something together, because I don't have a very good filter, and then everything gets really uncomfortable for a bit. I uh, I might have done that, actually, to Tyler, who I believe was in the room when I discovered it. Oh, okay, good. Okay, well, then it's fine. I'm I'm happy for it. I, I You might be, other than Tyler and Sean... I think you're the, like the only one I know of that's still around from the old days, um, the the pre kind of this form of the show. Uh, there used to be a few like kind of regulars that used to email me, and I think most of them are gone now. Like not they stopped listening to the show; they were all murdered horribly. Um, nothing to do with my yeah, nothing to do with my content. Um, here's here's a fun thing. Let's let's give Sean more shout outs. Theoretically, now not necessarily theoretically, probably would have happened eventually, or who knows, but. If it wasn't for Sean slash Tyler, the Alex cast wouldn't have existed. Because I was, uh, right. yeah, I was, I was fucking around. I was doing like a storyteller kind of thing uh, that I had stolen the idea from this guy Sleeves, who I love. I'm sure you've heard me reference him. He does the goddamn theme song. But um, uh, yeah, so I was trying to do those and they were turning out horribly. And I just, I don't have the voice to try to do like a, you know, radio drama kind of thing. And I kind of given up, not given up, but I was still like kind of half-assed working on it. And Tyler and Sean did like a test podcast together. So uh, Tyler sends to me, he's like, hey, what do you think about that? I'm like, oh, that's cool, dude. Like, you know, I can't wait for you to like edit it and, and start, you know, getting regular episodes going or whatever. And he's like, yeah, you should. So I'm like, oh, you know, maybe I'll do that. So as Tyler puts it, uh, he sent it to me. And the next thing he knows, I'd put out like 10, 12 episodes and he still hadn't released that one. But that was because <laughs> of him and Sean. And at this point, I put out, you know, 130 something. And I think he still hasn't released that one. <laughs> They're working on it. I can, I can feel it. It was a good show, from what I remember, the the one episode. But uh, it's, uh, yeah, I know Sean keeps saying that he's. I think he's actually recorded episodes, and he just hasn't put them out uh, for a completely different project. Oh, interesting. I actually had no idea, but that's really actually exciting. Yeah, keep telling me to do it. Yeah, Sean, you should put it out. Yeah. Uh, I'm just gonna assume that you'll be listening to this episode, Sean. You should 
put out that show. It's gonna be great. Come on down to the standard. 14 Northeast 22nd. 14 Northeast 22nd. Northeast Portland. Conveniently in America. Perfect. Uh, Sean, well, I don't know if it's on that episode or during the wrap-up, said uh, you should have Rachel on the show. And I said, oh, yeah, I should. I think she's been on the show before. And he's like, yeah, but that was like her and Dean, and she didn't get that much talking. And I went, oh, yeah, I don't think I actually really knew Rachel all that well when she was on the show. So, uh, again, Sean McGann. Yeah. Uh, actually, yeah, that was on the air that you said that. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then I didn't need to do it, and I'm re- re- repeating myself. Uh, we could actually just spend the rest of the airtime right now um repeating everything that you and sean said verbatim well here's the problem is and i find it amusing because i really like the awkwardness when it happens but i forget this fucking show the second it ends like i don't remember what i said i i haven't listened to me uh aside from editing and I don't even listen to the show when I edit. I just look for like spikes and shit that looks weird. And I make little notes that like, oh, I have to cut this part out like while I'm recording. So like I haven't heard the show in forever. And I don't really remember my conversations that well because I want to be here. I want to be present in it, not trying to, you know, fucking take a picture at a concert. Like I want to be at the concert, you know. Um, so I don't remember the show at, at all. And there's been times and many times, actually, my buddy John does it all the time, who's been on the show multiple times, uh, where he'll quote something at me. And I'll be like, oh, that's funny. What's that from? And then, it's, yeah, that was you like two weeks ago. You said it on your fucking show or, you know, <laughs> you know make some reference. I'd be like, oh, where'd you hear about that? That's awesome. And it's like, Alex, that was you. You you said it. You recommended this on your show. It's like, oh, yeah, I, I yeah, sort of forgot about that. But it's, yeah, it's, it's a really fun, awkward situation to get into. So I can't quote the Sean episode because forget it immediately. Couldn't even tell what we talked about. Oh, no, we talked about his book. I know that. But aside from that, I made no fucking idea. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I could I could see that being the case. Actually, I feel like I've referenced things to you uh, in the past from episodes, but I I know, know I know that you have. About. I don't remember what it was, but I know that you have because uh, uh, it was while you were out here and um, Tyler had to explain to me what was going on because I was really confused. And Tyler's done this to me more times than I can count of continuing a conversation he's having with me, but it's the recorded me, so I don't know that the conversation's happening. So um, I think you did something along those lines, and Tyler had to be like, "No, Alex, this is that's from the show." It was the and I'm like, "Oh, the show! I've been on that. <laughs> <laughs> I've been on the show before." Oh, speaking of which, uh, uh, Sean wrote a book called uh, "Everyone's a Stranger," and it's Sean McGann, uh, uh, Sean S H A U N M C G A N N on Amazon, and I will post a link to it on the Outcast site if you guys want to buy it. And it's super cheap. It's like five bucks. So that'd be a cool thing for you guys to purchase because, look, we've been lavishing praise on on uh, on Sean, and I don't think that's the right word. Um, it can be. Today, today, that's the way you should say it. No, but there's, sure. is there a word that sounds like that when you kind of like heap praise on someone? You Can you uh, lavish someone with something? I mean, it's not incorrect. Uh, well, uh, yeah, it kind of is. Um, yeah, it's but... like, it's, it, yeah, grammatically it's incorrect. Like, it makes maybe sense. We just, maybe we could just uh, strip him down and oil him in praise. Yeah, that'd be, I mean, that'd be nice. That'd be, that'd be like slather him in praise. Oh, which might be yeah. the word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could just, we could just put him in a bathtub filled with praise and diamonds. Yeah, that sounds like it would cut. <laughs> All right. Well, then something softer, like gold. 
yeah gold gold would kind of cut too like i think we probably need to like move away from the metals and <laughs> none of those like alkaloids that react with water you know because that would yeah that'd be what awkward if we actually just put them in a bathtub filled with gold schlager that's kind of the same yeah that'd be fine and then he could yeah. get drunk through his butthole <laughs> that's what they do in russia <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's his life mission, but he's too embarrassed to actually try it even when he's by himself. Well, thank God I'm here for that because I can I can set out the law saying I'm like the lawgiver in in Planet of the Apes in that I'm also, very similar. Also, I feel looking. bad. I feel bad that I'm uh, imagining what Sean McGann's life goals are when he's not around. No, I mean here's the thing. I'm gonna tell you right now the relief Sean felt at the end of that sentence because you said I feel bad. I'm imagining Sean. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, Sean did not have the end of that sentence as the one that you finished with. Because we've just described him being slathered with things in a bathtub. Now, you said, I feel bad of imagining Sean and then his life goals. And it's like, oh, what a sweet thing to say. Because generally that sentence ends with something really horrible, like some kind of, some kind of, uh, some kind of diamond enema uh, uh, crystal skull fucking or something. I don't know what that meant, but it sounded fun. I'm pretty sure they made an Indiana Jones movie about that. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, uh, I can't even say that. Forget it. I'm kidding. I'm lying. There's, um, a line that I, uh, I said a million years ago, and I think it's from a poem. Yeah, I think it's a poem, but my brother really liked it. And that's the only reason it sticks in my head. I don't even remember the poem, but at some point I said, I want to skull fuck your third eye. And I, 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 for, I don't know what it's from, but it's one of those things that keeps popping my head every now and again. And I'm like, I don't even think I have the poem anymore. I don't know where the fuck it's from, but it's just one of these like random lines. And in that case, uh, it showed up. Yeah, that's, uh, well, I'm glad that it's finally gained relevance. Yeah, sort of. I don't know yeah. if uh, Crystal Skulls have a third eye, but um, uh, we can ask. Crystal Skulls especially have third eyes. That's what they're there for. Yeah. What's it called? Like, Ajni? What's what's the name of that thing? You just made that up. <laughs> no, I didn't. It's A-J-N something. I know that's a word um, that has something. To, eh, whatever. I don't care. I don't remember that. That's what I fucking hate about, uh. Learning like like Indian or or like any kind of Eastern forms of you know spirituality is the inexplicable not translating a bunch of words for no good fucking reason. Like like why can't we just say the crown chakra and not the whatever the fuck the word is for it or um um uh dharma? Like we can't just say like spiritual duty or whatever. Like something. Like why do we have to memorize like a fucking weird you know? I mean it's the proper word. But it doesn't really make a lot. It, I just don't understand why we have to keep the the wording of it when it be much easier just translate those words. You translated all the fucking other ones. Yeah, yeah. Well, to trans the thing is translating them, you'd have to translate them into much lengthier versions, which then takes away the uh, I guess the excitement of the term uh, to Western ears, maybe something like that. Yeah, like, like people saying like, Namaste. Yeah, the see that actually I don't mind as much because it's chanting and I because chanting it's no, supposed to be no no it's not always chanting no no Usually, I no no I understand that but what... it's like it's like old it's not even like middle aged ladies in Lululemon pants at the supermarket fighting over soy milk and and organic eggs with a lady in Lululemon pants next to her and then they say namaste as they part. Uh, well, yes, but you're t one. You're speaking to someone with uh, with green tourmaline uh, fucking mala on his wrist right now. So trust me, I know a lot about usurping Eastern religions to, as my own. But 
What I mean is uh, because it's a word that's used in chant and they believe that their language is one of the oldest ones and or is the oldest one. It's like the language of the, the actual language of the gods that ch- th- those are the ones that make sense. Like it, like you don't go, uh, uh, you know, I, I bow to the lotus in your belly. I bow to the lotus in your belly. You know, it's Om Mani Padme Om because it's that's like, you know, those it's supposed to be the utterance of the word, the actual the actual syllables matter in in the in the chant. I mean the other ones, like the stupid, like prajna yoga or whatever. Like, or no, that's what's the one that breathing yoga is? Pranayama. Uh, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, but why can't we just say breathing yoga? You see how much easier it was for both of us to remember that. Why do we not translate that? It's, it's what it fucking means. Stop making me remember words that. Okay, I'm white and fucking American, and I can't be bothered. But still, it just it's a bothersome thing because stop being all mystical. Just it's. It's a fucking system of thought. The more you understand it, the better it is. I don't understand hiding behind the fucking, it's not, you know, it's not, it's not Egypt. We're not sacrificing a bull in the dark, you know? Yeah, well, actually, um, so when, um, when I, after I left Portland over the summer, uh, we went up to Seattle and uh, I've for a number of years been part of uh, a Zen group called a Sangha and, um, the Zen master who taught um, at, at my sangha uh, began meditating at this place in Seattle. So I decided to go check it out, and and where I always went to like meditate and whatnot, um, they the chanting always um, happened in in Chinese. All of the chants, all of the sutras were in Chinese. Whereas when I went to I guess what I might call like the parent sangha in Seattle, they chanted largely in English, but would there would just be Chinese words thrown in, which was very, uh, really interesting actually, because I would always wonder, you know, what I was even chanting about in Chinese. And finally I had this idea, but also there would just be like these words thrown in where they almost didn't, belong but it was like a it was sort of hypnotic yeah to chant them in that way and i'm sure that there was a point to doing it and, and it was partially even just getting the mind to focus that way on the present task but uh but i know what you mean by that like the the use of uh of ancient words when actually you, you could just use the local tongue yeah and it's not it's not even just the eastern stuff it's just that's the one that kind of gets me because like there's so many times where again the chant i get like i i hate chanting in english like i chant often like that's uh the days where i can't calm my brain enough to like actually proper like sit down meditate like i I, you know i do a bunch of chants and i like it in another language i really think they've gotten it right you know it's been thousands of years uh, coming from a poetry background you know they've spent thousands of years refining that poem to make, you know, to make it sound exactly what it's supposed to sound like. There's no need to translate that because it goes beyond the, it goes beyond the meaning. The point is the, the, the song to it, you know, but uh-huh. when it goes to like, like if you go Western philosophy, like um, uh, a priori and a posteriori suppositions or whatever the fuck it is, or a posteriori, I forget what those are, but you can just say like before the fact or after the fact, because anytime you say it, someone goes, what the fuck does that mean? And then you have to explain it. All you're doing is all you're doing is 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 obfuscating the point. Like I wouldn't have said obfuscating if I, you know, normally I would just try to hold back and use a like a like a dumber word. But I just you know trying to prove a point. I just understand why making things overly confusing when the point is trying to 
get you know get people in like the 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 idea is to you know get your point across you know yeah yeah it's either to get your point across or else to jerk off onto everyone around you how uh knowledgeable you are and how um i don't know how versed you are in a school of thought yeah no i think you're i mean i i do believe in the end that's exactly it it's just, I really, I don't know. I think my problem is I just kind of have like respect for a lot of those systems of thought. And it just, it's such an obvious kind of jerk off teacher move. Like it's just such a, like a, you don't know what this is kind of concept that it's like, oh man, you guys are so cool about all the other shit. Like I really like all that other stuff you're doing. But for some reason now you're really want me to remember the name of random terms that once I learned, you have to translate for me anyway. You know, I just want to, jerk off my vocabulary at you yeah i mean don't get wrong and then then if i can help it while i'm teaching you yoga i want to adjust your hips (laughs) yeah i look i'm as sesquipedalian as the next guy i say i just want to say no i i use big words all goddamn time i i I do i like that i I think words are fun and i like kind of showing off a bit but it's it's you know with a wink and a nod is is the fun part not trying to just it's just in a system that's kind of based around ego egolessness trying to trying to be show off he just seems a little you know kind of antithetical to the point you know it just kind of i don't know i do know that's the entire point i don't really have to continue that statement okay you're done now i am i i finished what uh <clears throat> pardon me i just had a uh somebody ejaculated some vocabulary in my throat um <laughs> what what uh what system do you belong to system yeah you oh, oh my the the sangha you mean yeah oh uh it's it's called cold mountain sangha um and uh they sit uh they have various locations around new jersey mostly in northern new jersey but uh no i mean central. like what what system of thought of uh, oh, what, what system of thought? oh yeah. rinzaizen rinzaizen yeah which is um i guess one of the two newer schools of Zen, the original uh, being Soto Zen, and then Rinzai coming out of that, sort of uh, evolving in Japan. Uh, yeah. And what, so that's, what's, what is, what's the difference? Uh, well, Not the between difference. the two. I mean, like, we kind of, at least, at least I do, and I think a lot of my audience has, like, a pretty, you know, at least a surface level understanding of, like, kind of OG 1970s uh art of motorcycle patents zed what's 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 the thing that's uh kind of what's what's those branches what's the reasoning behind the, the, the having a different name than og you know you get what i'm saying like why sure. wh- what are the 96 theses that were you know knocked on the wall to join to make this side group <laughs> um all right so so i would say that um there's the the use of of uh koans which I guess were uh, largely abandoned by Soto's and uh, several centuries back. But um, yeah, basically the use of what you might call um, an anchor or something calling you to uh, your, your, your focus, um, which is to say, uh, yeah, you just, you have, you have an anchor to which you're paying attention. Um, on top of it, I think that uh, Rinzai is, tradition i mean it's it's generally thought of as being uh how do i say it? like i don't know how to say it and and uh and not say it in a way that's incorrect 
you know what I mean? Like because I feel like things um, are are worded particularly um, to connote a, a particular meaning. But I would say that um, like there's this old saying, uh, 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 "Soto for the peasant and Rinzai for the shogun." And the idea is that it's like this like rigorous. It's supposed to be this more like rigorous thing, but I don't think that that's necessarily true. I think that um, any school or any uh, sangha or teacher can have their own particular style. Um, but I would say that generally in Rinzai there is uh, less um, less ritual for certain, and um, Soto is is practiced uh, usually a particular way where it's usually done with the eyes open, staring at something, and then completely done without any kind of anchor, no koans, no anything. You're just um, allowing, as thoughts arise in your head, you let them pass. Where Rinzai, you're um, you're doing that by using an anchor, which is called a koan, and it's usually you know one word. Uh, let's say in Chinese that you'll repeat to yourself. Um, oh, really? And, I thought koans yeah. were those like, "What's the sound of one hand clapping?" That is true. Also, that is also a koan. Oh, because um, I was sitting here trying to figure out how the fuck you sit there concerting on that. Okay, but it's like, <laughs> all right. So there's like an anchor word. I was like, man, I can think about that, but like that would lead me to a lot of things. Like I know within ten minutes, I'm thinking about a clown. Like, okay, so it's like, okay, gotcha. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. There's like an anchor word, yeah. um, which I guess um, represents a concept, uh, which is, yeah, you just, uh, yeah, that's your focus. I mean, yeah, you don't, uh, <laughs> I mean, some, some koans that you read in books are pretty long, you know, and it involve an entire story of like a, a student talking to a master, or two masters talking to each other, or, 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 um, Bodhidharma talking to an emperor or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You don't you don't focus on those per se. You know what's weird? But... Lately on lately on the internet, there's been one going around for some. I don't know why it showed up out of nowhere. Maybe some maybe something on television did it. But there's one I learned uh, like back in high school of of essentially two strict Buddhists are walking around and there's this chick that needs to like get over a river. So the one the younger Buddhist guy like picks her up, walks her over the river, is like, yeah, see ya. And then, like, so they keep walking down the road, and, like, 20 miles later, the older Buddhist goes, you know, I, I can't believe you touched that woman. That is completely against the faith of our order. I, you know, you have sullied yourself. And the younger Buddhist goes, what? You're still thinking about her. I put her down 20 miles ago. And that's, you know, so it's like a fun little, you know, lesson. But uh, for some reason, that keeps showing up on the internet everywhere. Like, I've read it, like, six times from the different sources. I don't know how a 16th century Cohen becomes a becomes a meme on the internet but I, I don't like, <laughs> it's just gonna next thing you know it's gonna show up on facebook tomorrow as a meme over a picture of like um like abraham lincoln <laughs> yeah, yeah uh this well was, actually the first the first time I, between lincoln and robert e lee <laughs> the first time i read it was on facebook weirdly enough um which but i also you know i do kind of you know i, I click like anytime i see something funky on there so it makes a lot of sense i also um, often see things about Aleister Crowley and, and, you know, fucking Buddha Dharma and, and, you know, random animes. So <laughs> naturally the same yeah. things that everybody sees on Facebook. Well, that's, that's the way I like to live. I like to use the things that everybody <laughs> else uses, to, uh, to, uh, I, I completely against the purpose of the other people using it, you know? So, so in the end it's, oh, you wasted the whole day on, on Twitter. Right. And it's like, 
yes, I did. And then in the back of my head, it's like, you have no idea the things I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, was not, I, I wasn't checking out the Twitter feeds that you were checking out. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, think, I don't think you're following antique library pictures. You know, like, oh, yeah. It's like, I, I literally I follow two different accounts that show pictures of old books and libraries, and they're fucking beautiful. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, uh, yeah there's, uh, there's, there's one um, which is great because it's in some other language that seems to have some kind of Spanishiness to it. I don't, I, I, I don't know um, that language word all that well. But um, yeah, they show all these pictures from like you know some foreign land uh, of ancient, ancient libraries, uh, and you know some of them are. The other one is like broken down libraries, so like they have a picture of like some college that closed somewhere in like one of the old Russian states, and it'll just be these completely empty this room that's like you know got like a hole in the roof and but still full shelves full of books that are kind of you know moldering it's pretty fucking cool wow that's awesome i would never even i would never even know that something like that existed if you hadn't mentioned it that's pretty great see the power of twitter now i don't remember their at name so uh people at home if you want to follow them fuck off um I only follow like 300 people on Twitter, so it's probably, you know, you could probably just find it on my, I'm at the Alex Castle, you could probably just find it on there, but like, you know, I'm not going to look for it for you, because I feel like, I feel like the journey is, is part of the, is part of the thing, you know? It's not just the destination, it's getting there, and back again, journey a hobbit's tale. Destination. No, no, you actually do have to get somewhere, though. Is the thing. I know, I, I know it's like a common thing, but like, people, yeah, that one actually is just wrong. You do actually have to get somewhere, yeah. Because that's not a journey. Then it's just wandering like a dick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's right. <laughs> See, I told you I was right. That's my yeah, Zen Cohen. Everybody hates you. Yeah, it's it's my Zen Cohen is uh you know the journey is is the destination. Assuming you finally get somewhere, or you're a rich trust fund kid backpacking through Europe. Yeah, and you're uh playing uh, a washboard with a spoon and pretending that you need money for the bus. Yeah, yeah. It's part of your folk art that you like to create. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, there was no details on this. And uh, because, um, well, let's face it, Dean is lacking in details. He's not a detail-oriented guy. Or I just forgot to look. And it's probably the second. But what were you doing with like a moth reading? What was that about? Oh, yeah. So um, actually, the moth just came to New Orleans. Um, and so did I, come to think of it. But... Um, yeah, the moth came to New Orleans the same month that I did, and um, and uh, so I went to my very first story slam, and um, yeah, and and I I don't know uh, put my name into a hat and ended up reading and uh, not reading I guess telling a story which uh, went really well. But also when you're telling a story at the moth, it turns out that you are on a timer. And if you go, if you if you reach the end of your timer before you're done with your story, somebody like blows a whistle at you, and um, and actually once I hit that point where someone blew a whistle, like my story was going really well, and then I just started bumbling and was like, and the end. Oh well, I like I like everything up to the whistle. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it went it went really well, but um, but yeah, when they blow the whistle at you, uh. Jeez, like I, I actually like vomited the end of my story up, and I, uh, I, you know, if you vomit the end of the story up, then you miss a lot of the details. I feel like, and uh, it almost becomes pointless to finish the story. I could have just stopped telling it where I was, and probably uh, been more effective 
I I tend to think as as a person that's more apt to be on the stage than in the audience. I agree with you, but the the audience doesn't know that you've weighed a shitty ending to a story and not ending a story in your head, and all they see is the not ending, which annoys them. You kind of yeah. get like, and there's no way to convince them. Like, no, trust me, if I finish this, you're actually it's actually going to be worse than if I just end here. Because they don't, because well, because they don't know, they don't know what the end of the story is. So you kind of have to just be like, ah, fuck. I guess I'll just, you know, I guess I'll just fuck up the end of this because you can't just end there because the audience doesn't know, you know, that you've made the right choice. Yeah, that's that's true. Actually, uh, I think I don't know. I don't know. I I do you ever notice that uh, people start their stories out with the words so so. I was Yeah. I, I think uh, I do that. I think that probably most people do, but I remember uh getting up on stage and just repeating to myself, like, don't start this out with so because everybody is gonna start their story with so and they're just gonna think that I'm about to tell the same story as the last guy. Well here's the problem with that or the problem with not starting that way is so if you're walking up to a cold mic, uh, at least, the, I mean, I've, I've done some public speaking before, back when I, I used to run the uh, literary book in college and high school. And uh, I did, I've done some, you know, bit, fair bit of uh, poetry, you know, poetry readings. And uh, not knowing what the mic sounds like, you kind of want something, you want a, uh, I forget what it's called, but you know, that thing before the comma that starts the actual sentence? Previous to this, comma, so, comma, yeah, comma. Uh, hey guys, comma. Uh, so you can kind of test the mic so you don't start with the indefinite article that starts the story. So you don't go, the tree in the woods was, and then if the mic sounds shitty, they hear, really in the woods was, and you know, you now have to do this weird, awkward stutter step restart. That's my theory, at least. But I also blow at public speaking. Don't you think that it sounds more exciting if you start a story by going, like, woo! I was walking down the street. And well, yeah, no, if you yeah, say you, that was my impression of, of mic feedback. If you go, woo, and then like, uh, yeah, and that's then, what I'm saying. oh, you yeah, no, that way. I guess, but then it'd be hard to tell whether you're, you're actually getting mic feedback or it's just your awesome impression of it. <laughs> or, or if I'm just a drunk college chick being like, woo, yeah, tell or, stories, woo. yeah, or just, or just wooing, uh, yeah, yay, I like saying things loudly. The team on the TV can hear me. Woo. That's my new That's my new annoyance as I get older as people cheering at a, at a um at a sporting event. Uh, not oh, I shouldn't say that, sorry. Not them cheering at the team doing well or winning the game or whatever, but when they're when they're saying to the television notes to the players on what they're doing wrong or right really bothers me cuz like one, you're not talking to the guy next to you, you're actually talking to the TV and the TV can't hear you. So at that point, you're just some jerk saying stuff to an object. Like, you're talking to yourself. So this is my new uh, curmudgeonly thing. <laughs> Sports at a bar. It's just like, stop saying that. No, don't don't yell at the ref. He can't hear you. It doesn't affect the universe. I mean, unless you believe in quantum theory. And then it might. Actually, a number of times this past year, I've been to movie theaters where people clapped at the end. Um, which is something that I haven't experienced in a really, really long time. Yeah. Um, I, I've I've had that too. That one used to kind of, I've used to be confused by that, but I think it's, I don't know. There's like a certain, it's almost natural. Like not that I'd do it, and I do kind of think it's silly, but it kind of makes a little bit of sense because, 
a performance is over, so you've kind of been like trained that something needs to happen to indicate the performance is over? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is the one time that it actually almost came close to making sense was I went to see the riff tracks of um, Night of the Living Dead right before Halloween. And a lot of people in the audience clapped after that. But also, we were watching a live feed of three yeah. guys at a movie theater talking over, like, commentating on a movie and and ad-libbing. And that was, I mean, it, it actually seemed like we were watching a performance, even though those people happened to be, like, 2,000 miles away. Yeah, that that does also make sense on that level for audience at home. It's Mr. Science Theater 3000, the modern incarnation. I, I think I've probably talked about it on the show. I know I have many times. But um, yeah, that does. I mean, it doesn't make sense. Like if you actually like sit down and do the math, it doesn't make sense. But it does human wise make sense. Because the thing about like movies, especially like you know, I'm not a much of a, like a laugher out loud kind of person. I'm certainly not going to clap. But um it's really awkward when everybody's like being a theater, especially when you're with like a friend and like no one really wants to talk to like, leave the theater to like give any thoughts on the thing. And there's this palpable uncomfortableness as everybody's walking up the aisle where no one's talking and you can feel that everybody wants to talk, but everybody else is thinking no one's talking. I probably shouldn't talk right now. And this is really kind of fun uncomfortability. And then there's like this waveform of watching everybody start to talk again as they like enter into like, you know, the whatever kind of uh, exit, form after the theater of like slowly one person breaks the silence then another then another then another and then everybody's talking and it's really fun to watch that wave so it kind of makes you know it's 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 a relief to to clap after a movie it's clapping in the after like a set piece in the film oh fuck you dude what? like a set piece like ah yeah he blew the shit out of that fucking oh, airplane God. you go die hard and people like clap and it's like what uh they can't, it's not one, the filmmakers can't hear you too. They made this film like a really long time ago. So it's not like you're fucking clapping. It's going to help. Like you're not going to go, oh, oh yeah. let's rewrite the ending of this quickly because they like this plane blowing up thing. We'll do another one in the third act. Yeah, actually I had that, um, I had that a lot. I saw two movies over the summer. I saw um, Elysium and Pacific Rim both, which it's funny because I've seen more movies in the past year than I've seen in like the past 10 years prior collected. But, um, yeah, I, I remember at both of those, I happened to be sitting next to, like, just morons that, like, in Pacific Rim, I remember there's, like, this one shot of, like, the big, uh, like, Colossus thing that's supposed to be fighting the monsters. Like, the big robot suit. Oh, that and, movie. Uh, okay, yeah, I saw commercials for that. Okay, I was curious what the fuck you were talking about. I remember that thing. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so there's like this pan of this giant suit, and I remember the person next to me going, "Damn!" <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, I get that you're impressed, but also this—it's just like a CGI thing that someone thought of. And yeah. Then, and then drew on their computer. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like and that you're not marveling at the fact that somebody drew it. You're marveling at a giant suit that doesn't actually exist. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, that's fun. The the only one that I'm sure there's been other ones, but the one that always sticks with me is I was watching um, I was watching one of the Kevin Smith movies. I think it was 
like Jane Silent Bob Strike Back or something like that. Whatever. One of them, maybe it's Dogma. Either one of them opens with a scroll of kind of expository dialogue about the making of the film. And they go after a platypus in it. Like they kind of make fun of the platypus in the beginning. I don't remember what the concept was. Like, you know, I think it was Dogma. Like, you know, God can't make any mistakes, you know, because God is perfect. So God would love this movie because blah, blah, blah. You know, the only mistake God ever made was a platypus as they're scrolling down. And somebody in the back of the theater, it like... It was either the funniest black dude that's ever existed or a white. And the only reason I'm qualifying this because it's a Kevin Smith film. I can't believe there would be a black person in the theater watching it. But um, somebody in the back of the theater goes, oh, damn, you did not go after the platypus. And, <laughs> what? Really? Yeah. It was my favorite thing I've ever heard anybody say in my life. Like, I've never <laughs> been happier than some guy in the back of the theater going, oh, damn, you did not go after the platypus. Uh, <laughs> to this day, I just it's my, that's my happy place. Really, really fucking funny. It's just, there's nothing better in the universe than somebody screaming that out. Yeah, that's my new, uh, I think I'm going to write that on my personal uh, uh, banner. I don't know. Yeah, well, like that, can my... be, that can be your new mantra. Just, oh, damn, you did not go after the platypus. Oh, damn, you did not go after the platypus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can call it the, you can call it the platasutra. Things people shout in movie theater sutras. Yeah, that'd be that'd be that'd be fun. Um, I just realized I'm kind of making fun of my own book right now, so I'm going to stop this. I just forgot I wrote a book called The Void Sutras. And I'm like, hey, wait a second, I'm riffing off of a thing that I did, so I'm going to stop doing that now. <laughs> that was yeah, the, yeah. yeah. That was stop a book it. that existed before Periphery for for yeah, every. But time. also, The Void Sutras, really good. Oh well, thank you. Really just right. to just to plug something you did a really long time ago, everybody who hasn't read that, um, do it now. Now. Yes, now. I didn't know you read it. Thank you for doing that, or at least uh, lying about it on the show. Either way, thank you. I only lie about things. Oh, perfect. Um, yeah, every, uh, the audience at home, this has kind of been a, kind of a fun little joke. Uh, uh, Rachel's actually a really devout Muslim. Uh, she's actually in a full burqa right now, um, which is one eyes look fantastic seductive smoky lovely two really like how you let everybody hit you really class see this is one of those things where now i realize that people actually believe these things and i'm like oh fuck is someone actually gonna think i'm saying these things for real oh, no, i guess it's the absurdity of you being yeah okay forget it <laughs> yeah, it's totally absurd who would ever think something like that yeah well people that believe in that religion but that probably I guess there's the uh, the contrast of my vulgar language and talking about bathing Sean McGann in oil and Goldschlager. Uh, I guess it might be a stark contrast to somebody that would be a devout enough anything to wear a full burqa yeah. with only their eyes showing. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of just agreeing to come on this show is... To I come am, on this show, yeah. yeah Anyone who'd ever listened to the show. Well, I've certainly... Well, I just mean, over the course of this show... I know I've shit on Judaism, Christianity, Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, uh, Scientology, uh, uh, Mormonism. Um, I'm sure there's some others, but that's just off the top of my head. Eight of the big ones that multiple times I've shit on and called them stupid. Some of those I actually believe parts of. So it's no one that could possibly come on the show would ever be a devout anything unless they really want to argue with me and that's the reason for them coming on the show or they just didn't listen when somebody explained the style of show they're coming on. Maybe, maybe you could actually start, um, 
interviewing really dogmatic people, not just religious dogmatics, but political dogmatics, like people who, um, dogmatists, I guess is probably better, uh, the better term, but just the same, um, yeah, maybe that would be a good idea for, for you to just turn the show into, um, you fighting with people who, um, believe other things. Yeah, I, this is something I've, not necessarily on, uh, I've thought about it on stuff that I don't feel bad, like, uh, how do I describe this? Like, I wouldn't do it with, like, a Christian or whatever for, like, m multiple reasons. I'm just using Christian as an example. But, like, one, the person I would have to argue with would have to be, like, well-versed enough in the books so that I'm not just picking on s some idiot, frankly. You know, somebody that just, whatever, they're raised that way. Like, somebody that's, like, a learned Christian. But if I have them on, I'm not going to really be able to, I'm not going to be able to articulate my argument enough because they're going to be able to out-quote me from the book. So it's like, eh, it's kind of useless. Like, not to say that I wouldn't mind somebody winning an argument, but like, I don't have the tool set to actually, or I, I would have the tool set to argue with a casual Christian. So I've tried to get um, devout, uh, I shouldn't say devout, strident, you know, capital S uh, skeptics and, you know, atheists to come on the show uh, for, for arguments. Because, I mean, essentially, like, I agree with a lot of their stuff, uh, but I think they're doing it wrong. And anytime I try to get someone to come on the show, we end up having like a slight argument, uh, you know, like, oh, well, I think this. And then, you know, trying to discuss what we could possibly talk about. And then they usually end up agreeing with me and they're like, oh, well, that's not really what I mean when I say this. Like, oh, I don't really mean atheist like that. It probably is like agnostic, but I don't like that word. And it's like, oh, I just want to find a real atheist. Every time I talk to one, they keep going back to agnosticism. <laughs> like, that's my fucking point in the first place. <laughs> God, why can't you be more obnoxious? Yeah, that's why. Well, because they keep being obnoxious with like online, and then you try to press the issue. You're like, ah, well, really, I don't really know. Well, yeah, so stop fucking saying it, dude. <laughs> I actually witnessed uh, a hilarious argument online the other day. Um, actually, Dean was half of it. Um, someone had posted something about like, I think technology must be slowing down because I realized that at work they still use Windows XP, which is from what, 2007 or something, and, uh, you know, Dean posted a pretty thoughtful response being like, actually, technology hasn't responded, uh, hasn't, uh, I'm sorry, hasn't uh, slowed at all. Technology has uh, still grown ex at an exponential speed, and here are some examples of that. And, like, this guy who I've never met, I'm not even sure he really exists, he might just be a bot, uh, just kept responding and being like, well, if technology isn't slowing down, then how come XP is still a top-selling OS? I was yeah. like, well, that... I don't know if you've really thought out your response, dude, because uh, since 2007, we have robotic suits that <laughs> make people who are quadriplegic able to walk and have full bodily motion. So... Yeah, that's happened since XP came out. I'm pretty sure that technology is not slowing down yeah. just because people are still using XP. I would send I would send that person a link to Moore's Law, which you know shows how technology is literally exponentially growing and uh, or at least you know processing power. And then and then I'd send them a picture of somebody uh, wearing Google Glass and and go, yeah, that doesn't run on XP. So let's just you should stop talking now. And then any any argument further, you just I would just send them a picture of that Google Glass again and be like, see. Or you're wrong. All right, like, Google yeah. Glass, regardless of however people might make fun of it, it is the coolest invention. 
that's all I got to say. Oh, yeah. Google Glass is fucking slick. If you take away all, like, the privacy issues, the yada yadas, the every... If you take away all the controversial yak yak, it's fucking awesome. Like, that's all I've ever wanted in the universe. Like, you, yeah. you put that yeah, shit in a context lens... Yeah, put that shit on a context lens. I'm going to be uh, context lens. <laughs> that actually worked too, but contact <laughs> lens. Uh, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm happy as a clam and whatever clams are happy in. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think they're happy in uh, clam, clam juice. Yeah. I think, I think happy as a clam is the phrase. And I got, and I kind of, uh, I kind of confused. Wait, it was happy with the pig and shit. Yeah, exactly. Happy and, and, as a pig and shit. What? Hello, was someone there? What, what, huh? Hello? What happened? Is someone listening? No. What do you, what do you mean? Oh, there you are. Anyway. Oh, did I go I away? Have... I was so confused by your by your random... No, you were there the whole time. Oh, okay. Just... That, was, that was strange, because it's like, I mean, the NSA is listening. They, they've been monitoring my communication since 97, but that's not all that... <laughs> yeah. That's who I was talking to just now. Yeah. I was asking if someone was there. You know, obviously. I was on, uh, just checking to see if the NSA is there. I was on this uh, uh, these other dude show, uh, the uh, the Potent Brew podcast, and um, they uh, they gave names to the two NSA agents that are assigned to them. So they're like, "Hey, Phil and Jack." So just over the course of their show, they just kind of address the NSA people by name. I mean, obviously, it's not their real name unless they guessed really well and that's fucking impressive but i just found it really amusing where they're they'd be like hey you like that one phil and jack like anytime like kind of a lull comes in and you need something to keep the conversation going they've invented this this their their nsa buddies names and i just i find it endlessly amusing not yeah, platypus amusing grand. yeah maybe, maybe it's grand yeah i don't know mini grand ah, baby grand yeah yeah, it, that's it's, right. It's, it's baby grand. It's actually sort of the opposite of grand. It's probably like a harpsichord, actually. Now that I think about it. Yeah. Or uh, yeah, that's that's right. I'd say a harpsichord. Yeah, a harpsichord, but like a slightly out of tune harpsichord, but not like super out of tune, but like just a little bit. Or what's the um? Glass harmonica, because that's the greatest invention ever. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking huh. of the glass harmonica. Yeah, it'd be weird if it was. Actually, you said glass harmonica, and I thought glass kazoo, which is great. Um, far l- less sophisticated, but uh, but either way, I'm I'm in favor of both of those instruments. Well, the um, uh, glass harmonica is uh, unfortunately not anything like you're imagining. I, I just kind of assumed you'd be familiar with this because you're a weirdo. <laughs> glass harmonica is a um, it's a uh, you know like a lathe that uh, you know you take like shavings of uh, wood off so like imagine a lathe but it's it's got rolls of different size glass and different thickness of glass and it's going around slowly and you wet your fingers and put it to the glass like you do like on a champagne glass you can make that like kind of whining noise uh, so it's it's moly. it's a full table of that and you put your fingers down and you can play it and it, it's called a glass harmonica it's really fucking cool um but apparently, That's or at least amazing. apocryphal that um because they used to have leaded glass it would cause you know insanity and death and in in players oh but uh, yeah they have uh they have like a uh, youtube clips and shit of it being played it's really eerie it's it's kind of like theremony a, a little bit like not that's the best i can describe you know that kind of like a theoric like i don't know like a, like almost like half tone it's it's super cool wow i sort of feel like i need that yeah, I would love one. I think they're like ridiculously expensive, but um, I would definitely uh, want to have one. When I when I uh, when I grow up and I'm and I'm a uh, uh, dead, 
but before that, if I ever have some money, I want a, I want a glass harmonica and I want a Tesla coil. Like I want an entire room in my house devoted to a Tesla coil just because why the fuck not? <laughs> like, oh, well, this is the library and that's the room with the Tesla coil. What it, what's, what yeah. goes on in there? Nothing. It's just literally just a Tesla coil. It's no experiments have ever been done. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with it. I just think it looks neat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just so you can bring babes back to your house and tell them you have a Tesla coil. Exactly. Get some tight pussy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> pussy, right? Yeah. They're only good for that one part of them because the rest don't offer nothing to us in our deep intellectual conversations we have. Yeah. That is, that's the, yeah, I'm doing the people not from New Jersey, New Jersey accent, because I was about to say forget about it, and I stopped because I can't say that in the New Jersey way. Yeah, actually, I don't think I can say it in the New Jersey way either. If you try, I'll try. Uh, all right. Do I have to try first? Uh, I'll go for it. Okay. Forget it. God, wait, no. wait, wait. Hey, Vito, we're going to do something. Forget about, forget about, I can't fucking, I'm not, I'm kidding, I'm not even joking here. I'm not doing this on purpose. Forget about it. I can't. You go. Actually, when you said it angrily, it sort of sounded ma- I just, mafioso. I get the second vowel wrong. I don't, I like, I can't go that, like, Benny, there's, like, weird OU things happening. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's all, uh, hey, forget about it. No, that wasn't very good. It was, it, just... it was slightly better than mine. I, you have the end better. I have the beginning better. I got the, fi- forget about it. No, that's just, that's. That's like some kind of, like somebody just got stabbed on that one. That was, that was like, that was, you, you were pressing someone against a wall trying to make sure they didn't yeah. like, you know, didn't, didn't give witness for the state. Yeah. Forget this ever happened. Yeah. Hey, you know that part of your brain that stores long-term memory? Well, I want you to not utilize that hitherto forwith about this case. I, I mean, forget about it. Sorry, I can't do the accent well. I went to law school, all right? <laughs> Yeah, that was very legal terminology. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just throw words together. Um, I don't really know uh, anything about anything. But we've been yapping for too long, so shut up. Um, well, that was unladylike. Um, so, oh, by the way, audience home, I don't know if we actually uh, let you in on this. Uh, Rachel's currently wearing, uh, what, leopard striped tights and a tube top? Is that what I decided? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that yeah. was it, actually. Because I told her to dress sexy for the show, and um, I there's liter- nothing sexier than that. <laughs> I couldn't think of. I was trying to go with like the trashiest like outfit possible, and I think that's about it. Yeah, yeah. You just told me to dress as a prostitute from a late '80s movie. Yeah, or like actually, um, the hip kids now. Uh, that's the way they dress, like when they go out. Like I was walking around. Oh la- yeah, that's true. I was walking around last night, and I walked by. There's like a like an actual like club club in Portland now, uh, like on my side of the river. So I was walking past it, and I was looking at these people online, and it's like this. Literally, it looks like outfits that um, like um Kelly Bundy from the Bundy Show would wear uh, when she's trying to be slutty. Um, what's that show called with Al and Peggy? Married with children. Married with children. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It looks like something she would wear. Like it's just like this awful just. <laughs> gaudy as fuck like just gross 1989 white snake outfits but it's like apparently it's like kind of cool again and again i i just don't i don't i don't understand the world and and i i'm just gonna be here you know not understanding them yes i i have that problem myself uh it turns out that i uh as as a, as a grown woman don't know how to dress myself properly um 
and it's the sort of thing that when I look in the mirror, I'm like, I think that this looks normal. This looks like clothes that people wear. Uh, and and at least, if nothing else, I feel like it's questionable enough that other people will have the same thought of like, oh yeah, that I think that looks like clothes that people wear. Um, yeah, this but is... I'm not sure if that's the case. I think on occasion people will notice and be like, I can guarantee you that um, uh, around me, I, I think you look like a completely normal human being because that's you just like that's the way people should do. like that's it doesn't even wouldn't even occur to me to dress odd like it just you, the you wear clothes like it's like oh that's like what a person looks like so I I wouldn't even occur to me to think about that in a yeah I that's why I wear all black no one ever understands this is I don't know what matching means and. I don't mean that in like a really light sense. I mean, I've looked it up before. I've had people sit me down and train me on what matching means. And Do you no. Accused of wearing mismatching blacks? Uh, actually, I have someone. Uh, someone has pointed that out to me, and I've never wanted to stab somody more in my life. But uh, that's <laughs> why I wear. I do because I don't. I literally don't understand how matching works. It makes no fucking sense to me. Like the this color goes with this one just doesn't. I I. I've tried. I've sat down and literally tried, and it just it it doesn't make sense. And then someone told me sometimes that shit changes. Oh, dude, no, it's over. I'll just wear black. It's much. It's just so much fucking easier. Uh, do, do are you um colorblind? No, I can see. No, I I see fine. I get it. Like I look at it. I just don't understand why one thing matches and one thing doesn't. It just doesn't. Uh, it doesn't occur to me. Colorblind. What's that? That's really. That must be really hard for you being colorblind. No, I'm I'm style blind, not colorblind. I can see that. Like, hey, that guy's got like a a a red shirt on with a purple d- d- jacket. I I just don't know if that's a thing that goes together. I, I I don't like that. Could be match. I don't know. I don't. It's it doesn't make any sense to me. It's all guesswork. I don't get why it matches or not. You know. Who else doesn't know that they're colorblind? Dogs. Dogs are red-green colorblind, just like you. No, but I'm That's looking at something sad. red right now. I can see it. It's red. <laughs> I can see red right now. I'm looking at the color red. You might think it's red, but it's actually probably what's brown to me. It's labeled red. I often forget what colors are called, so I have to have them labeled. I have a whole... It says Roy G. Biv right on my wall. <laughs> just in case you forget. Yeah, sometimes I do. Because oftentimes, like... Wait, is violet green? <laughs> so I have to look at the wall, and I'm like, no, it isn't. <laughs> yeah, just in just in case you actually forget. Yeah. So this is what a glass harmonica sounds like. So essentially, it's like fucking a ghost. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it's supposed to sound like. Yeah, like, and he's playing one of the nicest songs ever. This is uh, "Waltz of the Sugar Plum Fairies" or whatever, "Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy." Um. And yeah, it's horrible. I mean, it's wonderful, but it's Adam's family music. But um, I don't know what that meant, but it made sense to me because Lurch played the harpsichord, not the glass harmonica. But speaking about glass harmonica, everybody should go to etsy.com slash shop slash Rachel Sketch and um, buy a bunch of her stuff or just buy one. You can buy a bunch if you want, but asking for a bunch is like, I really feel like I'm kind of overstepping my boundary as a host. But buy one because they're kind of amazing. And by kind, I mean they definitely are. Yeah. And uh, we've dis- we discussed stuff, earlier. Send me money, yeah. Oh, I mean, you didn't have to bring money into it. I mean, we're not fucking barbarians. Um, I, just, I, just, I just want them to send me all of their money. Go into your 
parents' wallets. I want you to literally go into your parents' wallets and take their money and send it to me, please. Yes, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I just I could have one caveat to that. If your parents happen to be dead, um, do not dig your parents up to get to their wallet. They're not buried with them. Trust me, I know my back still hurts. <laughs> yes. Wasn't there some comedian who that was like a famous bit now that I think about it? Oh, and I shit. just steal somebody's joke? Um, I, I don't know. Oh my gosh, steal somebody's joke. Oh. Uh, yeah, times are tough. Yeah, I guess times I mean, are tough. I think the problem is that it's 2014 and every joke's already been made. Yeah, we just need to keep inventing stuff so we have uh, things to, you know, poke fun at. You know, a little ribaldry. Um, yeah. Okay, so... Just retell the same old jokes but with new objects in them. Oh, you mean like women? Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> See objects what I did there? Like women. Everything just circles back to the beginning where I don't understand the world and the world certainly doesn't understand me. And, um, yeah. But... Wah, wah, wah. Wow. I wasn't saying like a sad sack. I just don't get it. I, mean, I don't. I don't fucking care. I mean, if that's the way the world is out there, I don't. I don't really want to be part of it. I want. That's not a world I want to belong to. Like, if I leave and everybody's trying to bang some puss, like, no, I'm good. I, I, I'm gonna hang out in my apartment and listen to glass harmonica and try to learn how to play the concertina. Like, that's what I'm. That's I. Yeah. I like my life a lot better than that thing that they're doing over there. Yeah, go bang some puss, losers. I'm gonna hang out in my bomb shelter. Exactly. Well, bomb shelter. I mean, sometimes my jokes go over. See what I did there? <laughs> Fun times. Uh, yes. So, um, yes, go to that website. Um, anything else I need to tell the audience before we leave? Um, buy my things and buy Sean McGann's book and then buy Alex's book while you're there. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that was that was delightful. Uh, yes. So go there. Uh, buy that. Sean McGann's book is called Everyone's a Stranger. I will link to everything that we have talked about on the Alex Cast site. That is alexcast.com. Alex is always spelled with two X's because I'm an idiot and really uh, just wanted to ruin uh, any chance I ever have of being able to say a website quickly. Um, see, if my if I didn't have two X's, I would I could just say a thing like you know it's Mike.com, and then it's you know it's not like oh is that Mike spelled with a W? No, it's Mike. My name's no, on mic, so it doesn't yeah. work. <laughs> the extra X is for extreme. It is. Well, I I got that name back when I used I used to uh, skateboard out of jet planes and then uh, and then tackle other skydivers, take their uh, their parachute, and then uh, and then parachute down onto a uh, onto a half pipe and do like a sweet kick flip. So that's where I got the extra X from. Whoa! I actually got the extra X because I have like this. Um, I have a really thick neck. And I, it's, you know, extra chromosome kind of thing. It's, I don't really like to talk about it. <laughs> Woof. Yeah. <laughs> Fun. Okay. Thank you, Rachel. You're, you're lovely and swell. And thank you for coming on and saying words to me, uh, on a podcast and you are good. Thank you. I'm sorry if I upset anybody. Um, one, I don't believe that sentiment and two, I don't think you upset anybody. <laughs> so don't worry about it. It was worth a shot, right? Yeah. Oh, it's fine. Uh, all right. Now go back to your moolah and everything will be good. This episode of the Alex Cast was brought to you by The Standard. It's a bar in Portland. You can find it on the internet at hypertext transfer protocol colon slash slash www period facebook period com slash the standard pdx. Please enjoy your hypertext transfer protocol in peace.